0: You are listening to Casual Wednesdays with Doom Rocket, your one-stop shop for comics talk and such. I'm Jared Jones.
1: And I am MJ Kramer.
0: This week, it's mayhem here at Doom Rocket HQ.
1: How so, Jones?
0: Well, because this week, MJ and I have made ours Marvel with a stuff-to-the-brim Marvel Comics-laden episode. Yay! Yay! We'll be unpacking two weeks' worth of crazy Marvel news from the game of creative musical chairs the House of Ideas (laughs) will be playing with Hulk and Venom this fall. To the untimely, see what I did there? I got you. All right. Announcement of the death of Doctor Strange. Maybe he'll get better. Probably. Seems like he should. Also this week, our top five most anticipated issues and all the way in the back matter, our spoiler-laden breakdown of the premiere episode of Loki, streaming now on Disney+, Plus. in case you just woke up from a coma. To all our oily-haired miscreants with God complexes, we salute you. You are listening to Casual Wednesdays. Hello, MJ. Hello, Jones. Happy New Comic Book Day.
1: Happy New Comic Book Day and happy Loki Day. Happy Loki Day to
0: you. <laughs> How are you doing this week? I'm pretty good. You feel refreshed after our week off last week? Yes, I do. We had an anniversary. It was my birthday. We just gotten our all clear in terms of vaccinations. Yeah. We were busy. It was a big week. It was. So thank you for being patient with us. We are back with so much to talk about. We should probably get into it. Yeah. Just cut out the preamble scramble. How about some quick house housecleaning before we get started, MJ? Let's go. Well, to begin, we are out of listener questions. <laughs> we ran out because people aren't sending them in. I ask nicely. You do. I don't know what the deal is. So if you have a question for us, comics related or otherwise, hit us up, info at doomarket.com. Or you can send us a question on Cash Podcast. That's our Twitter handle. Give us a follow over there if you haven't already. And also, we are looking for new reviews on Apple Podcasts. Once we stopped with those giveaways, MJ, those reviews just stopped. Yeah. They yeah. just dried right up. We ran out. I think there's been one since we stopped doing giveaways. And, uh, well, we're hungry for them. It helps out the podcast quite a bit. I can't explain how it does. It just does. Some
1: kind of crazy algorithmic thing.
0: Yeah, some kind of crazy juju. Who knows? The point is, it does help out the podcast. So if you're in the helping out kind of mood, head over there. Even if you're not subscribed, I'm sure you can get away with it. Mm -hmm. Leave us a five-star review. Say something nice and or constructive. You have our thanks. Trust me when I say it helps us out immeasurably. Anyway, one more item of house cleaning, MJ, before we get started with the news this week. Okay. We got a little surprise for our listeners next week. We do. We do at that. We've been working on some stuff in the background for you, lovely casual Wednesdays listeners. I know some of you have been really missing our read throughs. I've been getting a couple of emails to that effect. Know that your notes have been observed. And, uh, yeah, may be addressed in the week to come. Notes have been noted. Notes have been <laughs> noted. The new format of Casual Wednesday stays the same. We like this. It's tighter. It's more concise. We get to talk about more news. It helps us springboard the solicitous episodes. It makes things more cohesive on that front. But the read-throughs are a lot of fun to do, and we miss doing those as well. We do. So look forward to something new-ish. In the week to come. Just a little treat. Just a little treat. A little treat. That's right. So anyway, MJ, now with that all out of the way, let's just get into the news. Okay. All right. Big time Marvel news. Where where, where do you even want to begin?
1: Um, Let's begin with the death announcement.
0: Oh, yeah. Like the uh, preemptive obituary? (laughs) Yeah. This is ahead of the September 2021 solicitations. Marvel has announced a death in its family. Mm -hmm. It hasn't happened yet. It'll happen over time. That's how these comics work out. Yeah. It's the dark nature of the solicits machine in the direct market and all that spoils the comics for you.
1: That it does. That
0: it does. So here we go. Big time spoilers ahead for the death of Doctor Strange. No subtlety in that title, MJ. Well,
1: it's the same way that we know that there's going to be a trial of Magneto before the thing that he's on trial for hasn't even happened yet. That's
0: right. That's right. No subtlety in here. They're either rehashing old event titles or they're just not bothering with the new ones. So we've got the death of Doctor Strange dropping in September. MJ, do you have details for this event series? Is that what we're calling
1: this? Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of details details. For now, we do know that it's going to be written by Jed McKay and drawn by Lee Garbett. It's going to be a five-issue mini that's going to start in September. Interesting creative lineup for something so big. You know who I'd love to see on Doctor Strange is Al Ewing.
0: Al Ewing would make a great Doctor Strange, but he's busy too. We'll talk about that in a minute. (laughs) But MJ... What is Marvel planning for the death of Doctor Strange?
1: Well, we know this is going to be a whodunit kind of thing. We don't know whether or not Doctor Strange is actually going to be like legit dead by the end of this. And
0: what does death mean for a character like Doctor Strange anyway? What does
1: death mean for any superhero character? Oh, you got a point. We do know that there is a Doctor Strange movie coming out next year.
0: The whole concept of franchisable IP kind of diminishes the drama from these big time stories.
1: Well, it's it's also hilarious that we can kind of guess that, well, if they're doing a death thing right now, they're definitely going to do some sort of resurrection to probably be a timely coincidence to when the movie comes out
0: yeah of course we can be completely wrong and they'll keep him dead could be keep in mind mj that sometimes people do stay dead in the marvel universe not always in fact hardly ever but it has been known to happen uncle ben hasn't come back from the dead
1: that's true the og captain marvel has not
0: that's true who and else
1: <laughs> those are the main two that i can think yeah. of
0: it used to be bucky Bucky used to be a part of that list, that
1: very exclusive list, but then they had to go and spoil that. They've kind of brought back Gwen a couple times, but not completely. Yeah, let's not delve into that. (laughs) Yeah, oof. Clones and clones and such, you know. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> but I do think that this might stem out of the fact that it doesn't seem like lately Doctor Strange series have been selling super great.
0: You got to goose the sales by killing somebody off.
1: Yeah, it's just really a bummer because that last series that Mark Wade wrote that Jesus Saiz did most of the art for. That him, was amazing. It was, mwah, it so, was good. so
0: good. Yeah, We talked about it plenty on the podcast. And yeah. Maybe we didn't help. Maybe there isn't such a thing as a casual Wednesday's bump. Yeah, it seemed... <laughs>
1: It seems like it ended very prematurely. Yeah. I feel like that one ended towards like the time when all the books were coming back. Well, Barry Kitson kind of took over that whole book.
0: Like he hopped on, he was doing like co-writing duties for a minute there, and then he was just on the book and Mark Waid was off.
1: Well, it seemed like it was just a pandemic casualty, if I recall
0: correctly. So come September, we will have the death of Doctor Strange. Maybe Doctor Strange was killed by Magneto, and that's what's happening. It could be. And here's the theory. Maybe whoever kills Doctor Strange kills his body, but then his-
1: His astral form has to solve the mystery? He's the
0: detective solving his own murder.
1: That would actually be really cool.
0: Doctor Strange becomes dead man, pretty much. (laughs) He'll adopt a Bostonian accent, too. I'm into it, actually. So, Death of Doctor Strange, that's out September 2021. We'll have more information as the solicits roll around at the end of the month. What is next for news?
1: A delay. And that it is on a Tana Hasey book is uh, not a complete not surprise, a surprise to us anymore. It
0: makes sense why they would push this one back.
1: It is, to quote your little intro bit, uh, a timely delay. Mm.
0: <laughs> what information do you have for us? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs>
1: Well, the final issue of Tana nehisi Coates and Leonard Kirk's Captain America run has been bumped back to July 7th. That's right. That's the week of the 4th of July. It
0: is. It makes perfect sense because didn't Tana nehisi Coates Captain America run begin on the 4th of July
1: weekend? Yes, 3 years ago.
0: I said weekend. Comics come out on Wednesday, Jones. <laughs> So, do you have any further details about this delay?
1: Well, it was supposed to go on sale June 16th, Mm -hmm. a week or so here now.
0: Yeah, it's coming up.
1: Yeah. And it was, you know, coming out a month ish, a few weeks after his final Black Panther issue. But they've just bumped it back a little bit. I don't know if it was just for the date. It's that... Just a
0: couple of weeks. It yeah. no big deal.
1: Yeah. It's
0: symbolic. It makes sense. I'm not mad about it.
1: And this is the 80th anniversary of Captain America's
0: being a character. You want that pageantry. Yeah. Yeah. Sis Boomba and all that.
1: And we would like to know who's going to be doing the next Captain America series after no, this. No, I don't.
0: See, we talked about this with the Black Panther thing. They announced the new creative team before the last issue even dropped. That they did. I want a grace period when a big run ends let it breathe for a month or two. I know you love money, Marvel. I know you love it. Hot dog, just let the Captain America run sit for like a month and then announce the new creative team. At least give it a week. A week. A week grace time. At least. Okay. It's more than negative two months. <laughs> you know? Anyway. So, MJ, what else for news this week?
1: Well, we have some news about, I guess these would be past September solicits, so we don't have a lot of clear details yet, but it's kind of regarding stuff that's going to be in the Marvel Free Comic Book Day issues. Yeah, yeah. Because they finally announced the lineups for those. They'll solicit those initially and just be like, here are the characters that are going to be in it, but they won't say the creative team.
0: So Free Comic Book Day has spoiled November 2021 solicits.
1: Kind of, sort of, Kind of, sort of. So
0: what are we talking about here?
1: Well, we have a delightful game of musical chairs that's going to be happening here. Oh. So, hopping on to the Hulk, we have Donnie Cates and Ryan Otley.
0: Donnie Cates hopping on the Hulk from Venom.
1: Mm hmm. And Ryan Otley from ASM. Then hopping on to Venom, we have Al Ewing. Hopping from the Immortal Hulk. Yes, joined by co-writer Rom V. No, that's something. From many, many DC things we love and mm-hmm. indie things. And with artist Brian Hitch joining them. All right.
0: So both these creative teams have their work cut out for them because both these runs end on big ass notes, like character redefining notes. Mm-hmm. Like how are they even going to top this? And the question should be, Should they even bother? (laughs) I'm not kidding. We've talked about this on the podcast before, where each arc redefines the character every single time. There's like no space for these characters to actually live. You read the old Peter David Incredible Hulk stuff, it's like a soap opera. And it goes on for years, and characters change and shift over time instead of immediately over the course of six or seven or twelve issues.
1: I feel like Immortal Hulk at least tried to do some of that well immortal hulk
0: is the rare exception of a marvel book that lasted more than 12 or even 20 issues like it made it all the way to 50 or it's going to that's a rare feat these days and what
1: did venom get up to like issue 36 38 yeah or i'm sorry number 300 200 yeah (laughs) they're gonna call
0: (laughs) donny kate's last issue of venom issue 200 because legacy numbering
1: oh it is issue 35 it's 35 Mm. next week on june 16th
0: that's right So this is a big creative flip, but it's pretty much the same group of dudes with the exception of Rom V hopping on these books.
1: I'm excited to see Rom V getting the high-profile Marvel work Mm -hmm. as as well as the high-profile DC work. That's right. I think Rom V could
0: handle Venom on his own, personally
1: possibly i can understand marvel will often have like a quote-unquote new up-and-comer co-write with someone who they feel is very established yeah and i think they do it partially because of the name recognition and they feel like fans will follow the name that they know that's kind of happening with amazing spider-man right now because ed briston's kind of snuck on
0: to that book as a co-writer with nick spencer
1: well i mean i can remember this happening as far back as immortal iron fist when they had brubaker writing it who was very, very hot at the time, and Matt Fraction was a little bit more of an up-and-comer. Oh, young was rookie co-writing. Matt
0: Fraction. Yeah, I was yeah. co-writing it. He was a rookie on the edge, MJ.
1: Hey, man. It was that, a loose cannon. That God dang book was great. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who hasn't read Immortal Iron Fist, go, go read that. Hop all these, on it. All these immortal books.
0: Yeah. But the thing is, MJ, Immortal Hulk is such a profoundly great
1: book. What the hell's Donnie even going to do? Well, apparently this is going to be a very, very different direction. It
0: would have to be. Yeah. In the Marvel Press release, Donnie says that he wants to figure out a way to have Bruce Banner control the Hulk. And every time Bruce Banner's ever attempted to do that, something bad has happened. This has all been covered in Immortal Hulk. He ends up manifesting a new personality that ends up ruining his life. So how does Bruce Banner actually channel the Hulk like he did in the Avengers movies, which has no drama and it's not exciting and the Hulk is completely nerfed? I
1: don't know. But Donnie says, quote, you're about to find out what happens when Ryan Otley and I get angry. And guess what? Well, pretty sure you're going to like us a lot when we're angry. So
0: does Donnie type going, Ryan's drawing the comic like,
1: maybe, maybe that
0: could be. And inversely, Eddie Brock is now a god. What the hell is Rom V and Al Ewing going to do with that?
1: They definitely have possibly the harder job with that. I don't know how anybody can follow Immortal Hulk, but also... That's
0: the thing about these two books, is that they set the bar so damn high that the point is, don't try. Never try, MJ.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we don't actually have dates for when these new series start. Like we were just mentioning, it would be nice to let series end before we're already talking about the new creative team. Exactly.
0: Immortal Hulk's not even done yet. we got two more months of it.
1: Neither is Venom. I know. But, we, I mean, we haven't even gotten the ending of Immortal Hulk solicited yet. I know. That's coming in September. <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. Uh, but
1: both of these are going to be you know, restarting in the fall. In Hulk's case, it's going to be November. Right. So, I mean, we've got a lot of time to, I don't know, guess at what's going to be happening in these things.
0: I think Donnie's lobbing a misdirect at us. Donnie likes his gods. He likes to play with god-tier shit. He's going to make Hulk like the anger god. He's going to be the god of anger. Yeah. The god of bad vibes. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Something to do with gods. Well, anyway, we'll have more information for you as we get closer to November 2021 solicitations. Interesting times. We live in MJ. Yes. And it's an interesting time to hop onto our top five. But isn't it always, Junior? It is. It is. All right, MJ, this week you got the three, I've got the two. Mm Do you have your books ready to rock? I do. All right, what do you have for us with this week's top five?
1: Well, my first pick is going to be a $10 oversized anthology special called DC Pride number one.
0: I would make fun of you for always gouging our listeners wallets, but this is a worthwhile investment endeavor, etc.
1: I'm not the only one who recommends high ticket items, sir. This is actually a very exciting one shot. Very historic. DC's never done anything like this, it's showcasing so many queer characters and queer creators all in one place. It's got some awesome peeps involved. We've got James Tynan, Trunglin Gwen, Steve Orlando and Stephen Byrne, Vida Al and Skylar Patridge, Marco Tamaki and Amy Reader, whose art, Amy Reader's art, looks so good in the story. It looks very different. Then we've got Sam Johnson, Klaus Jansen, Danny Lauren, Lisa Sterl, Sinigrace, Rose Stein and Ted Brandt, Nicole Maines and Rachel Stott, and Andrew Wheeler and Luciano Vecchio. This also sees the writing debut of Nicole Maines, who plays Dreamer on the Supergirl TV show. The
0: trans character of Supergirl. Yes. That's right.
1: So this is uh, the character's first appearance in comics, which is pretty cool.
0: Which will also spike it in terms of speculation and stuff like that.
1: Assumedly. Assumedly. But that means that Speculators are buying a really great book. But like I said, this one is $10, bucks. is oversized, and you should super totally read it because it's really fun. DC Pride, number one. Now what's your first pick of the week, Jared Jones?
0: My first pick this week is an issue number five. (laughs) Consider it a one-shot, it's Black Hammer Visions. Each issue taps a new creative team to tell their own story within Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston's Black Hammer universe. This time around, we've got Kelly Thompson and Leonardo Romero teaming up with Jordi Belair and Nate Piekos. From Hawkeye, the Kate Bishop Hawkeye series they did together. That's right. This time they're working on Skull Digger. It's been a Skull Digger kind of month, MJ. What can I, I say? I, I hyped up has. the trade paperback in the Hot Press newsletter. And thank you, people, for reading that newsletter, by the way. I've been getting a really good response to it. Great. Kelly Thompson and Leonardo Romero are teaming up for that Skull Digger story, detailing the cat and mouse romance of Skull Digger and a cat burglar. This is the noir style comics that I look for. They do nine panel grids, and I don't get annoyed by it. Whoa. That's how it's done. Leonardo Romero is one of my favorite artists. Kelly Thompson has the Bonafides. This is a great issue. Please check it out. Black Hammer Visions, number five. You will not regret it. That's w- a high recommendation from me.
1: I will check it out because Kelly Thompson is one of my absolute favorites. Oh, she's fantastic. MJ, what is next for you? Next for me is an image. Debut It is six sidekicks Of Trigger Keaton Is it a beaut Of a debut It is a First issue Of a six issue Miniseries This one's Four bucks So see, I've got a normally priced comic here. Oh, it's fine. This is written by Kyle Starks with art by Chris Schweitzer. My favorite thing that I have read that Kyle Starks wrote and also drew was Rock Candy Mountain.
0: I remember you being really hot on that book. Yeah,
1: and Chris Schweitzer colored that, but that was like laugh out loud funny. I don't necessarily read humor books a lot, but Kyle Starks writes the best of them. And this one is no different. It is incredibly funny. It's about this old sort of action star who seems kind of like Chuck Norris maybe little who's a complete asshole and he's had all these different sidekicks in his various television series and he's murdered well he had it coming mj and then we have to find out who killed a man that everyone hates oh and like i said it is incredibly funny all these characters are phenomenally drawn i love chris schweitzer's art a bunch it's really fun check out six sidekicks of trigger keaton issue one out this week what's your last pick for the week jared my last pick and the
0: penultimate pick for this week's top five is The Good Asian Number Two. This is written by Pornsak Pichichote, art by Alexandra Tefenke, colors by Lee Luffridge, and letters by Jeff Powell. I've been on a real noir kick lately. Mm-hmm. I've been replaying LA Noir. I just dusted off my old copy of The Black Dahlia. I've been reading The Good Asian. It is great. Pornsak Pichichichote, what a terrific writer, responsible for the horror series that we both loved, Infidel. Issue Number Two carries on this two fisted noir mystery which features a Chinese American detective who lives in America in 1936. So it's kind of hard for him to live and be proficient at his job. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he stumbles into a big case that could either make or break him. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Issue number two is out this week. The Good Asian, read it. MJ, close this out. What is your last pick for this week's top five?
1: Well, my last pick is a last issue of a 12 issue maxi series. I never thought this day would come. Yeah, it has taken a long time. It's been delayed a few times. Yeah, the last few months here, it's come out every other month, which is fine. I would like them to have all the time they needed to tell the story because it was fantastic. And here is the last issue, finally in our hands. I am, of course, talking about Far Sector, number 12, written by 1NK Jemison, art and colors by Jamal Campbell, letters by Jeron Bennett. I love this series so much. I
0: honestly think this is going to be one of the new perennials for DC.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Like, you slap that in a hardcover, you can sell that any old time.
1: Yeah, it's great. Probably don't start with issue 12, obviously, but I just definitely wanted to put it in the top five just to highlight the ending of this fantastic series that we are hopefully maybe going to do a recap of one of these days.
0: That would be nice. Yeah. A nice read through of Far Sector. That'd be something. Yeah. It's a tribute, MJ. Yeah. And with that tribute, we close out our top five most anticipated issues of the week. So, like I said at the top of the episode, MJ, we don't have a question to answer.
1: Well, I have a question for you.
0: Oh, thank God. What's the question, MJ?
1: What did you think of Loki episode one?
0: Oh, I was almost excited for a second there. (laughs) All right, let's head into the back matter then, MJ. Let's do it. All right, so here we are, ensconced in the back matter. Typically, we like to do a comic book flip through real quick or a wizard flip through. This week, we got to talk about Loki episode one just dropped. This morning, in fact. Yeah. We woke up really early to view it. We have. And now this is your opportunity to duck out of the episode if you haven't watched it yet. This is your spoiler warning. This is spoilers from this point on starting right now. Yeah. Okay.
1: And we do try to focus more on the comics than on media adaptations and such we
0: do but they're becoming more and more intertwined and it's becoming harder and harder to disassociate the two especially for a podcast that focuses so ardently on the big two
1: and an episode that is so marvel heavy as well
0: yeah i mean it's loki it's time for loki let's get bananas and
1: also loki is one of my favorite characters so we had to talk about it anyway
0: so i'll just throw that question right back to you at the beginning of this conversation because you are the loki fan your opinion means more than mine What did you think of the first episode of Loki? It was fine.
1: I didn't love it. Yeah. It's very exposition heavy. Yes. It takes
0: place in one room.
1: Mostly. One building.
0: Where Loki and Owen Wilson watch phases one through three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: A good five minutes of this episode was recapping all of the events that have happened to Loki. And you know,
0: using the likenesses of Rene Russo, Anthony Hopkins, Chris Hemsworth, and Josh Brolin. A little bit of Tessa Thompson. A little Tessa Thompson in there. That's money they have to spend.
1: Oh, yeah. That was probably the episode's budget. That's why the
0: episode's in one room. (laughs) I'm with you. The episode... In terms of introducing TFA, which stands for... The Time Variance Authority. Thank you. TVA. I I feel like they left a lot more to discover, which I guess is the point. But if this is only six episodes, you've only got so much time to burn.
1: Supposedly, it is six episodes, but most of them are around an hour long, which this one was like 45 minutes plus credits.
0: Yeah. I feel like this episode did set the tone in terms of what it's going to be, which is going to be a humorous jaunt through time alongside Loki Lofi's son. But holy shit, the jokes are out of control already. There's a moment where this guy, this clerk, gets handed the tesseract, which I know in the TVA is not a remarkable thing. Apparently, infinity stones get traded around like candy.
1: It's a pretty great visual gag when he opens up a drawer full of, like, contraband, all the stuff they've confiscated from people. And there's just this tray full of random infinity stones. (laughs) And the clerk says something like, "Loki's
0: like, this is the tesseract. This is very important. He goes, well, that sucks. (laughs) Or what does he say? He says that stinks or... Or that sounds stupid. Why would he say that? That's just a joke to throw a fucking joke in. What are we doing here? It's
1: definitely going to have a lot of comedic elements. I almost said elephants. Elements. (laughs) It's definitely going to have some comedic elements. Because the guy writing it is from Rick and Morty. Yeah. So he knows a lot about timey-wimey hijinks. He also knows a lot about the funny.
0: you got to cut a sharper edge with that. You don't want to make it too broad too wacky because if you do you'll lose me like that whole thing that like jurassic park opener that animated thing where it's like dino dna with tara, with tara strong where she's explaining what the
1: see i enjoyed that just because it went along with the whole like mid-century modern thing that's going on oh it went along yeah. for
0: like two and a half minutes
1: was cute and it was it was yet more exposition but i feel like with a high concept like this show has they need to give us that sturdy grounding to know what we're doing they also established
0: the stakes to an extent and i'm a little disappointed in that as well it's intriguing to know that there are these time masters out there that are controlling the flow of the time and keeping reality from spooling out into a multiverse. But didn't they say in Doctor Strange that the multiverse exists and that Doctor Strange is kind of like the steward of it or the source of supreme supposed to be?
1: Yes, I think it's a multiverse in a different way. It's like different dimensions.
0: But what's the difference?
1: Well, there's not different timelines and he was the keeper of the time stone. So he made sure that there wasn't mm-hmm. different branching timelines.
0: If you saw Avengers Endgame, you know how the MCU is treating how time works. It's like one big stream, and then if you diverge from it, well, they have a complete visual aid courtesy of Tilda Swinton, so it's all there. And they elaborate on that bit quite a bit in this episode.
1: Yes, and that's uh, why we haven't seen the Time Variance Authority yet, because all of the time variants that happened in Avengers Endgame, apparently was those were supposed to happen.
0: Beyond its tone, let's talk about how smart it actually is or isn't. Owen Wilson, who's, I don't know what his function is in this organization. They don't really establish that. He's investigating a slate of murders. The TVA agents have been killed in certain pockets of time, and they do the men in black thing where they reset everything by flashing it with gas or something. I don't know. But the person doing it, apparently, is a different version of Loki. Who apparently looks like the devil. Maybe. Like that little French boy is like Le Diablo or something.
1: Yeah, he points at a stained glass window that looks like the devil. And I made a joke to Jared. It's like, oh, we're finally getting Mephisto.
0: Hashtag Mephisto confirmed. <laughs> but that's not the case. It's going to be Loki versus Loki, which we're getting double the Tom Hiddleston. And that's not exciting to me at all. Oh, but, well, poor Jared. It's exciting to me. It's exciting for you for different reasons, I'm <laughs> sure talk about drama here
1: i'm talking about that too i'm not just enjoying it because i like how he looks i enjoy him as an actor okay
0: i will point out the moment where i decided that this episode let me down in the trailer they have tom hiddleston wearing sunglasses in a 1970s era airplane and that got me thinking wait a second are they doing db cooper and they did but here's the thing i thought they were going to incorporate the db cooper heist into the story and it's only a minute it's a minute long it's a flashback that involved loki doing the whole db cooper thing on a dare
1: he he says he lost a bet to thor it's pretty cute but it's unfortunate that it's such a tiny bit of it if you go back and look up db cooper
0: it's incredibly intriguing like it's an unsolved mystery we don't know what the fuck happened it's insane if they incorporated that into the story i'd be like wow this show's really smart but no they're just like hey remember when you did that that one time it's such a wasted opportunity
1: There was actually a really cool comic written about it, like maybe seven years ago. I think it came out through Oni.
0: It doesn't really set up anybody beyond Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. And I guess they have a really good rapport together. Yeah. That's the highlight of the episode, I would say.
1: It was kind of more fun banter than we got in most of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, sadly.
0: (laughs) It is, but these shows seem like they're so low in ambition. For the most part, none of these shows are hitting the marks that they're supposed to be setting for themselves. Well, the
1: first two that we've seen so far have been marred by pandemic shit. So maybe this one, they they had enough time to iron out any shit that came up because of the pandemic, any delays and all that Mm -hmm. stuff.
0: I will say that the special effects in this episode are top flight.
1: Well, didn't you say they're doing the Mandalorian thing where they're filming in front of those... um, Yeah, there's a name for it. There's like this
0: gigantic wall that curves around and then there's like 3d projections of backgrounds and of, and then you put the actor in the middle of it and they light it accordingly and it's supposed to be really seamless and it is if you watch the mandalorian it all looks pretty seamless but this is a marvel production especially one that's had some time in post to like you said get ironed out so i'm expecting that i'm not dazzled by spectacle by marvel anymore i want a story featuring characters I give a damn about. And it seems to me that this Loki, and this is the other part that bums me out, is that this Loki has hit his emotional peak in this episode where he realizes that he's a fool for having pursued power in such a violent and catastrophic way when it took the actual Loki of the original timeline three phases to figure
1: out. Lots of movies, yes. It
0: took till Thor Ragnarok for him to come to this Conclusion, And even then, he was a little ambivalent about the whole thing.
1: But at least he got to skip Thor the Dark World, unlike the rest of us. He just
0: hit fast forward on his (laughs) own life and went, Oh, I I really screwed it up, didn't I? And it's so stupid, because why would you put that in the first episode?
1: Maybe they realized people would want to see the Loki that had all the character development, as opposed to the Loki that didn't.
0: The Loki who didn't is the Loki who survived the Infinity War. That's true. The whole idea of a malevolent Loki... Being employed against powers beyond his own control, against his will, sounded awesome to me. I was really hyped for this show. And now that I've seen the first episode and what the stakes are, the air has been lit out of the tires.
1: I wouldn't say that Infinity War Loki was like benevolent, but he had evolved into an anti-hero at that point. He was yeah. not a villain anymore. Yeah.
0: At this point in every episode where we talk about multimedia superhero stuff, we give a grade to it. And I guess we could do that now. MJ, do you have a grade for Loki episode one?
1: I don't know. It's hard for me to dislike Loki content in general.
0: I know. We've got a picture of you next to Tom Hiddleston with our friend Stefania here in this living room I have to look at every single day of my life.
1: I reposted it on Twitter. So now all of my Twitter followers saw it today. I'm sure you Um, did. Well, I had to show the dress that I was wearing when I got the photo <laughs> taken. Because I was very annoyed to see that I was trying to get dressed to go to work today, which is a Wednesday. I try to sometimes coordinate with something new that's coming out. I don't have any Loki-specific clothing.
0: You're wearing a lot of green today.
1: I figured I would just do green, and I have a lot of Loki accessories. You do. I have Loki pins. I have Loki earrings.
0: Which you're not wearing, interestingly no, enough. No, I'm
1: wearing these other green and gold earrings that I have that are very Loki-esque. So the not.
0: score, MJ, for episode
1: one. look. I'm a very sartorial person, okay? Oh, so the outfits that. are important. Mm-hmm. And I was just very sad. And I, I have that dress, but it's, it's too warm to wear. I can't wear it's that It's like dress 90
0: today. degrees outside.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess my score would be 8.5 out of 10.
0: It's very generous. Because this episode doesn't give you a lot to work with.
1: I know. I'm just, I'm saying, like, anything with Loki in it. So you've got a Loki bias. I I do, I 100%
0: do. I know you do. I will
1: look uh, in any media I see Loki in, whether it's Marvel stuff or anywhere else, the Norse character. I will always enjoy seeing Loki in anything. What is your score, Jared?
0: I'll give it a 6.5 out of 10 for Owen Wilson Tom Hiddleston. Everything else about the show is really hollow and empty. And I was really annoyed that I had to rewatch the pivotal Loki moments. Like a, this is your life, Loki, kind it, of it spiel.
1: It 100% was That's that. That's what it was.
0: And it really bummed me out. The semi-evil Loki that we had in the first couple Thor movies, all of a sudden doesn't exist anymore. That's what they were teasing. He was the Loki who just sacked New York or attempted to sack New York. Yeah, He's the one about to go to trial in front of Odin. He's the one who's about to go on this huge journey emotionally. And they cut it off before the emotional part happens. I wanted evil Loki. I'm not getting it.
1: But he did see himself murdered by the guy he had just been working for. Yeah. And we are going to see him more evil Loki because that's who the antagonist apparently is.
0: Yeah. But even that's unexciting to me. Uh,
1: Keep your mind open. Why can't we have like a new Marvel villain?
0: Why are they so reticent about bringing in newer characters that are impressive? (laughs) We will see more new
1: characters. You know we will. they hit us with
0: Spectrum and they were like, that's all you get. (laughs) That's all you get. Maybe US Agent, but he sucks. Don't worry about it. We're going to be
1: seeing Ms. Marvel. We're going to be seeing Moon Knight. We're going to be seeing She-Hulk.
0: Yeah. Hold your horses. But I want these shows to be good also.
1: Maybe they will be. Yeah.
0: So far, I'm not impressed, I gotta say.
1: Well, like I said, once we're past this pandemic hiccup, as we can call it a hiccup, mm-hmm. I feel like things will improve. See,
0: I argue that the more time you have to work on something, the better it gets, not the opposite.
1: But they weren't necessarily able to work on it in the way that they wanted to I by see. having these pandemic delays. So one
0: last thing we'll talk about before we'll head out for the week. You read a lot of Loki stuff. I try. I try. Is there any directions in the Loki lore that you would like this show to take, or are there aspects of the Loki lore that you would like to see implemented in future episodes?
1: I mean, most of the recent Loki stuff that has been out with him being sort of more of this anti-hero is very recent, because, you know, they took cues from the movies, as Marvel is wanted to of do. Of course, of course. Bits of Agent of Asgard, the series that... Mr. L. Ewing wrote.
0: That's right.
1: With Art by Lee Garbett. Okay. It was a really fun series. I really, really enjoyed it. Brings and they, the whole
0: episode full circle there.
1: Yes. Yeah. They've recently reprinted it, although I think that as soon as they reprinted it, Marvel's like, oh, and we sold out of the, all of this, so now it's going to be another three weeks before we can print anymore, because they seem to be doing that with the TV tie-ins nowadays. Mm-hmm. Do you think we'll get any MCU cameos? I don't know. Beyond the ones that we've already gotten? Maybe. Which
0: don't technically count because they were just reduced.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess it's possible, but with pandemic shit, I don't know if we should get our hopes up too high. Yeah, I do know that uh, cameos that make an appearance are of the hotels that are frequently used for Dragon Con in uh, Atlanta. Hot dog. Because, oh, that's right. I saw a tweet of that. Because lots and lots of people, when they first showed like, the, the tra- trailers and stuff, were like, oh yeah, that's the lobby of this hotel. That's this. Because they, they film in Atlanta a bunch. Well, they wanted a building that was
0: retro for this, what is it called? The The Time
1: Variance Authority.
0: Time Variance Authority, thank you. So generic. It's supposed to be generic, but I lose it in my brain every single time. They're doing the Men in Black thing, and that's obvious. And it feels too much, like it's skewing too much to Men in Black that I I can't get around it.
1: See, I think they're trying their best to stay away from that. Like, we don't actually see the equivalent of the flashy thing that erases
0: memories. That's why this episode bummed me out so much, because they got the 70s aesthetic unlock and they were doing the D.B. Cooper thing, and then they didn't. The whole thing would have gelled so beautifully together, but it was a waste of time.
1: Well, we have also seen little bits in the trailers and such of a look very similar to that President Loki thing yeah, that they did, yeah. so we might be seeing that. That'll be
0: 20 seconds at most. You think so? <laughs> I'm getting the speed of these Marvel shows by now.
1: Maybe it'll be Evil Loki.
0: There are no surprises, I don't think, coming until the movies start again. That's that's my prediction. No, I- no big shocks, because everyone expected... Like, when Evan Peters walked into WandaVision, they were like x-men they're gonna blow this thing wide open no captain america here's lady zemo what What was her name lady hydra madam hydra and they're like whoa what's gonna happen julia louis dreyfus elaine's evil no it goes away you have to wait for another thing
1: i mean everything in the mcu is a tee up for something else
0: it gets exhausting and also let's get some villains that are actually evil not complicated not complex pure evil unadulterated evil somebody you can hate Because that's where the emotions lie. you got to hate somebody.
1: I don't know. A lot of Marvel's best villains, they show how misunderstood they are, and we see their motivations. And you, like Magneto, like Doctor Doom.
0: Doctor Doom should be pure evil, as far as I'm concerned.
1: But he hasn't been for a very, very long time. But I'm
0: talking about the Marvel stuff, like where U.S. agent, he presumably decapitated somebody with Captain America's shield, made by Howard Stark, and then he gets redeemed in the final episode. What is that? I
1: don't, I don't think he's fully redeemed. He was doing buddy cop
0: shit. He was bantering with Sam and Bucky.
1: I wouldn't say he was fully redeemed.
0: Ah, get out of here. I'm saying that they're gutless. That's what these shows are. Oh. Gutless. That's
1: right.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's lacking the guts. I'm not saying you got to put Freddy Krueger in your movies, Marvel. <laughs> but give me something to work with. <laughs> That's it. That's all the time we have for this week's casual Wednesdays. Need more of this weeby little podcast in your life? Check out our episode archive via any good podcatcher or check us out over at DoomRocket.com. Rate, follow, subscribe, whatever you want to do, or tell us how we're doing with a review on Apple Podcasts, please. Please <laughs> new episodes every single week. And while you're at it, look us up on Twitter at CashWits Podcast. I'm at Jared Jones underscore MJ. Where can they find you?
1: At Molly Jane underscore K. So
0: until the day the Cenobites show up to completely eviscerate Spider-Man, I <laughs> I remain Jared. That's MJ over there. And from all of us here at Doomrocket.com, have a great new comic book day. That was a little extreme. It was, yeah. I, I don't know why I landed on <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs>